No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. You know, the detours we take in life can be costly, but they don't stop God from working out His will in our lives. This is what we're going to see in the lives of Abram and Sarai. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis, chapter 17, on Simply the Bible. After Abram and Sarai had sought to fulfill the Lord's promise through their own efforts, Ishmael was born. And then there were 13 silent years. They never heard from the Lord for that time. Finally, the Lord broke through the silence. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Finally, the Lord spoke again to Abram. And this time he said, I am almighty God. The Hebrew is El Shaddai. This is the first time this appears in the scripture. And it would make sense that God would reveal himself this way to Abram because Abram really needed to know that even though he was 99 years old, God was still going to fulfill his promise. He was almighty God and Abram and Sarah were going to have a son. He said, walk before me and be blameless. First off, walk before me. The idea here is that Abram would know that he was walking in the presence of God. And I think that that is one of the best ways that we can live a holy life is just always being aware of the fact that God is with us. And he said, be blameless. Well, who can do that? Obviously, Abram had not been blameless. They had had lapses of faith. The whole affair with Hagar was a lapse of faith. And yet the Lord said, walk before me and be blameless. How can we do that? We know that this is God's ideal. Uh, Even Jesus said in Matthew 5, 48, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. What did Jesus mean by that? Well, that is the standard. You know, would that really surprise us? I mean, what do we expect the Lord to say? Be shabby, be mediocre, be sloppy? No. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But what does that mean? I think it means just seek to be like your heavenly Father. He is perfect. He's blameless. Seek to be like Him. Now, that's the ideal requirement. The actual requirement is believe in Jesus Christ. Because when we believe in Jesus Christ, God credits to us the perfect righteousness of Jesus. Now, he said in verse 2, And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. God had already made his covenant with Abram, but he was confirming the covenant now, that it was still in effect. And as we will see, God gives more details about it. Verse 3, Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. God spoke with him and said, Okay, my covenant is with you, and you will be a father of many nations. 
when you think about all the nations that came from Abraham, there was clearly the Jews through uh, Israel, the children of Israel. There were the Edomites who would be Esau's descendants. Esau is uh, Abraham's grandson. Then there would be the 12 Arab princes that would come from Ishmael. And finally, the nations that would come from the sons of his wife, Keturah, after Sarah died and he remarried. Finally, he is the spiritual father of all Christians. Truly, what God said, I will make you a father of many nations. That has come to pass. And God gave Abram a new name. Abram means exalted father. But God said, your name won't be called Abram anymore. Now it will be Abraham, which means father of many. For I have made you a father of many nations. You know, God likes to change people's names. He does this quite a bit. And I think part of the reason is, is because we have one image of ourselves. But God sees us as he designed us to be. He sees the end product. We are his workmanship. He has a vision of who we are. He sees us in glory. But I think we we sort of stumble, we bumble through this life, we're trying to figure it out, and we only see just right before us. But God sees the finished product. And that's what he did here with Abraham. He said, okay, your name's Abraham now, father of many, because that's what I'm going to make you into, Abraham. Verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. After I give to you and your descendants after you, the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. So God would make Abraham exceedingly fruitful. You know, God really cares about his people bringing forth fruit. What is the fruit that we bring forth? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the fruit of good works. There's the fruit of souls that we bring into the kingdom. But God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. It's the Lord that causes us to bear fruit. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. The Lord also told Abraham that this would be an everlasting covenant. It's interesting that nine times in this covenant, God uses the words, I will, emphasizing that the covenant was all of him. If it had been based upon human performance, it certainly would have failed because man fails. But because it was based upon God's performance, it was really a unilateral agreement that God was making. It would be an everlasting covenant. Lastly, God would give to Abraham and his descendants the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. Now, the truth was they never did take complete possession of it. The closest they came was during the reign of Solomon. But they will ultimately take full possession of all the land God promised. And in the meantime, it's still theirs. Even though they may not take possession of it yet, God gave it as an everlasting possession. 
And there will be that time in the millennial kingdom that they do actually occupy all of the land. Verse 9, God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant, he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Okay, well, God made a covenant with his people, but their part would be to do this, that every male child on the eighth day after he was born would be circumcised. It would be a sign in their flesh, the sign of the covenant. And whenever God would make a covenant, there would be a sign. We saw that when he made the covenant with creation after the flood, the sign was the rainbow. In this case, the sign of the covenant God was making with Abraham and his descendants would be circumcision. That would be the evidence that they were truly God's covenant people. And it was significant because circumcision is the cutting away of the flesh signifying that they would not live for the passions and the desires of their flesh, but they would live for God. Verse 15, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. So God not only was changing Abram uh, to Abraham, but he was changing Sarai to Sarah. And Sarah means princess, which is fitting because she would be a mother of nations. Verse 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Then Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So Abraham laughs. I mean, he's 100 years old. Sarah is 90. We can understand why he would laugh that she's going to have a baby. And so God says, okay, you laugh. And then, of course, Sarah's going to laugh later on. So God says, okay, you're going to name him Isaac. Laughter. But Abraham wasn't quite willing to let go of Ishmael. I mean, this was his son, Ishmael. That's his boy. And he says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But here's the thing. God would not recognize Abraham and Sarah's work of the flesh. This was their effort to bring about God's promise. Verse 20, And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. 
Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. God would bless Ishmael for Abraham's sake, but it would be through Isaac that the covenant would be established and the promised seed, Jesus Christ, would come. Verse 23. So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day. As God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised, and his son Ishmael and all the men of his house, born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Abraham wasted no time obeying the Lord. And that's really why we admire him so much. He was a man of faith, but he was also a man of obedience. And when God spoke to him, he got with it. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, feel free to go by the website. It's calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. You'll also find an email address, and we'd love to hear responses from listeners. So how much does God care about the details of our lives? Well, tomorrow we'll see the effort that he took to prove Sarah's faith. That's next time on Simply the Bible.